0: to the Yak Sports Podcast with Joe Deck and Leland McRae.
1: Joe, there's, we had a great lineup of high school games to talk about heading into Friday night, and I think overall it kind of lived up, and I think number one that I want to talk about is the storm continuing to be undefeated, finding a way to beat Stewart's draft. And I say finding a way. They were leading 14 nothing, but then draft kind of did what you would expect a draft team to do. Come back, grab the lead, be up to I think 21-14. And and you just look at the scores coming in. We're not watching the game, but you think, okay, that you know, this is this is the draft team we're used to. They've they just ripped off 21 points. Their defense is gonna hold here because that's where they're stronger. Nope. Stanton makes three big plays late, scores. Three touchdowns in the last five minutes they win 35 21 going away and I just I, I mean, we can dig into all of it it's just awesome a great victory and and the way they did it i think kind of cements the point that that they belong and they're not just a flash in the pan
0: yeah i, I think you're right and you know I was talking to somebody today and I think the way I described it was, I'm really happy for Stanton. I'm really happy for Mikey Bell and what he's been able to accomplish with this team. I think maybe sure. in the coming weeks, there might be reasons to be a little, you know, have yeah. a little rain on the parade. But right now, it's, it's nothing but a, sunshines. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> nothing but sunshines and rainbows in Stanton right now. And, and they're doing a great job at kind of exceeding expectations coming into the season. I think, I know you were expecting, you know, a better season, but I don't think you expected 6-0. Not this. You yeah, didn't no, expect they, 6 0. They, um, yeah. they they went out and they beat Draft, a team that I think, frankly, I think they're better than. Um, and Draft has. You win not, by
1: 14. Yeah. I, I think, draft yeah, has yeah, not
0: had that, the yeah. season that they had hoped for. This is a loss in the Shenandoah district way earlier than they expected. Um, and, you know, Walker Darby, rightfully so, gets a lot of the talk and praise coming into a lot of Stanton Storm games. But this one, Leland, was Mark Jeffra. I mean, Jeffra. 81-yard touchdown pass from Jeff Then he has an 83-yard touchdown run. Oh, yeah, throw in a pick he has in the game defensively. I will say this. At what point do people in the Shenandoah district learn where he is on the field and take that part of the field out of their mind on, we're just not throwing to that side of the field? The kid has six picks in six games. What more do you need to see from him to learn that is a bad idea to throw in his general direction.
1: I think, I think any overlooking you're doing on Stanton is probably over now. It, Cause I think the entire district knows what Stewart's draft has been to them <laughs> these last four or five years. And, and you know, only a year a down year there. And before that, they were good too. I mean like seven out of the last eight years, they've been a really solid, great program and they have beat up on the in Shenandoah district minus riverheads. And so, you know, no one else is going to look past Stanton now. They see what they did to draft, winning by 14 points, scoring three touchdowns in a short period of time to win that thing. I think, you know, <laughs> you know, Buffalo Gap is going to pay attention. Um, sure. Fort Defiance is going to pay attention. Wilson's going to wow. pay attention. I Riverhead's going to pay attention. Like I don't, I don't think any of these teams are going to take them lightly. I, I mean, I mean, and I say that. I like, yeah, and I know you usually go to the default that Riverhead's is just so dominant, but I mean everybody has to pay attention to what statens do. They have the players capable of winning. They've come into every game with a good game plan. Um, so yeah, everybody's going to have to be ready to play them. Cause if you don't come out and play, you're going to get beat.
0: Yeah. And I, we should also mention in addition to Jeff raw and what he was able to do last week fields, you know, yeah. fields scored two more touchdowns. Um, and it was a huge, huge win um, three scores in the last five minutes to knock off Stewart's draft yeah. and get a huge home win 2-0 in the district, 6-0 and overall. Mikey Bell, again, I, I I say it every week, Mikey Bell is the coach of the year. He's pressing the right buttons there with that team. They are playing so much better. And I, I think Stanton right now, you know, there is a legitimate conversation to be had on, is this the second best team in the Shenandoah district? Um yeah, I think them. they're no doubt in that discussion when they play Buffalo gap, that's going to be a fantastic game. I think it's mm-hmm. going to be a must-see game for everyone in the area. Uh, I know you said, you know, Wilson's going to be on notice. Ford's going to be on notice. Gap's going to be on notice. Riverheads, everyone else is going to be on notice. And that's true. I'm not saying not. Because they're, they're going not. to probably
1: be the underdog.
0: <laughs> well, Riverheads won't be an underdog. Riverheads
1: but, won't be an underdog,
0: yeah. Wilson and Ford are definitely underdogs. Gap, you know, I don't know. But yeah. that's that's pretty even in my mind right now. But Fort and Wilson are definitely underdogs. I don't look, let's, um, before we get off, I'll hold that point and finish my thoughts on this, but I think for Stewart's draft, I Leland, I know we have talked on this podcast numerous times. Got to start throwing the ball. Got to start throwing the ball. Got to start throwing the ball. But this was kind of the one game where you don't start throwing the ball because as we mentioned, Jeff Ross had six picks himself. There are other players on that defense who had interceptions in that ball game and have had interceptions coming into the season. This is a defense that is forcing turnovers at an insane rate like that's not the game in my mind where when you haven't thrown it all year that you decide hey maybe we're going to try to throw this throw it around and see what if we can air it out this week i i don't understand that i thought that was an odd decision from stewart's draft um and the cougars dropped the game and they dropped to one and one in the district and now i think you know if you're the cougars i know you don't get hurt in the power points this week because you're playing an undefeated class three team and I get all that, but you're going to be playing. Yeah, it takes
1: away some of your gap. It takes away some of your You're
0: going you know. to be playing Buffalo. Speaking of gap, you still have them on the schedule. You still have Riverheads on the schedule. Who knows about Wilson? Like, I Draft is very in the middle of a giant pack of teams right now, in my mind. They are not separating themselves. And I don't think you can just, if you're Stewart's draft, there's not many games on that schedule where you're looking at it going like, yeah, this is definitely a win. Outside of the Fort game, I think maybe that's the only one that you could look at and say, yeah, that's probably a win. But outside of that, I don't know. These could be coin toss games. Mm-hmm.
1: I agree. I mean, for a program that's been as good as they are, it's just kind of surprising to see that this season. And you keep waiting for them to kind of catch their wind or something. And and I really thought when I saw down 14, nothing, I was like, oh, goodness. But then when it came back each touchdown and they're up 21, 14, I was like, OK, there it was somewhere in the second quarter. Draft found their way, you know, something woke up in them. And, uh, you know, we did hear, you know, Graber had been out, but he was back. Troy Thompson was running the ball. He ran for a touchdown. Both those guys scored touchdowns for um, the Cougars this week. I thought they woke up. I thought they were there. And, uh, no, I think it just reinforces. When you give up those late touchdowns, I think it just reinforces the bad again. So, you know, and playing a Buffalo Gap team, (laughs) that might be the second best team in the district. You know, as we say, Stan might be. You know, that's not the easiest thing to catch your feet on, especially, um, you know, the way they played last year. And we'll get into breaking down that game. But, yeah, I it was a great, a great night for Stanton. And uh, you guys, you guys were over in Fishersville for the Fort game. And that was what we kind of – that was the big question mark game. Who's going to win this game? Because, you know, you could make arguments either way. I think when Fort lost to Rockbridge, maybe that presented a couple more questions about them than you had before. Wilson looked good in that stretch that – of uh, since then too, but you still had questions coming this game. And, and at different points in this game, you could have, you could have thought either one of these teams was going to win it.
0: Yeah. Um, this was a game you where
1: zone.
0: four turnovers in the ball game for Wilson, and they still win by two scores. That is concerning. Um, there were a lot of head scratching moments in this ball game in particular, I I did not love the play calling, if I'm being totally honest. Um, For Fort, I I thought the short to intermediate passing game was working quite well, and then they went away from it. And all of a sudden, surprise, your offense can't move the ball. And I thought at the end of the first half especially, they got way too conservative. Uh, The punt was not the best. Gave Wilson, I think, 38 yards with a little over a minute. And they found the end zone to take a 21-14 lead. But then that opening drive of the second half, Wilson is having one of those long, long methodical drives. It was a 17-play drive. And Pogorski fumbles at the one. Fort recovers, gets a touchback. And you're like, okay, hey, maybe something's here. What does Fort do? Again, I mentioned, you yeah, got conservative at the end of the first half. Didn't move the ball. Three straight run plays. Nothing there. So how do you open up the second half? Naturally. Run up the middle again, nothing. Run up the middle again, nothing. And then you do decide to pass, but your only two routes on the pass were two go routes down the field that just are not highly successful routes. Like, I'm not saying anything, you know, I'm not trying to be critical of Trey Miller, but if Trey Miller can complete a go route, just two go routes are the only route, and he can hit that receiver in stride, Trey Miller is playing major college football on Saturdays. That's not, at least right now, as a sophomore, that's a not sophomore, him.
1: sophomore, yeah, maybe not where he's at.
0: <laughs> that's not him. And so, like, for me, I just didn't think he was put in a position to succeed. I did not like that play call. I said as much Friday night. I stand by it now. Like, I, I don't think that was a good play call. I, there were other moments in the game where, again, I understand you want to mix run and pass, but there, be, there does become a certain point, especially in a scenario where I do feel, and I said this last week, so... You can't say I'm playing the result. Ford is not going to the playoffs. That tonight, that game Friday night, excuse me, that game Friday night was it. That was their playoff. They lost. And so at a certain point, even though you want to mix in the run and you want to be balanced, you do have to realize hey, Spotswood absolutely tore this secondary apart, passing short and intermediate passes. And that was a large part in why they throttled Wilson. So when that's working early in the game and you decide to abandon it and then you don't go back to it when the game is still kind of up for grabs, that's where I get confused. That's where I don't know what your plan is and what you're doing. And so I just I did not love that. There was another timeout that was used in an odd time on a fourth down. It was still an obvious punting situation. Uh, oh, yeah, that was after the, th- the go routes. You, you then call a timeout on a fourth and nine. Way back at your own territory. You snap the punt. It's not a good snap. Wilson gets it at the five, punch it in, and from that point on it's like a two score game the rest of the way and it was kind of over. Um that being said, there was some there were there were some other oddities on the other side of the ball too. Wilson had some head scratching moments like lining up for an onside kick recovery with nine minutes to go in the game was bizarre. Um but they survived that mistake. And I will say this. Yes, it's a huge win for Wilson. They absolutely needed this win to stay kind of in the hope of hosting a playoff game. That being said, from what I saw Friday night, I don't like this Wilson team against anyone else other than maybe, maybe draft. And that's if they don't have four turnovers.
1: Yeah, they held still in the PowerPoints this week. So um,
0: that's you know, fine. But uh, yeah, and, and that's fine. I just I just mentioned
1: it since he brought that up.
0: Yeah, the turnovers have
1: to be concerning. And that's where we've seen the goods and the bads of Wilson over these past two seasons. Pr- primarily is they're good when they don't turn it over. They're bad when they don't. And this was one of those rare times where they turn it over and they still find the win. And uh, this was the time last year where they started turning the ball over a lot. And they lost a lot. Um, they play Riverheads this coming week, not be able to do that this week, but staying on this past game here. You know, this is a Fort Team who was scratching for anything. And I agree with you. I, I look at these PowerPoints, I look at what the other teams have, and Fort Defiance has to kind of win the rest of the way to make it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's just that's asking too much. And, and that's just asking way too much. So I agree with you there. And uh, I know I dive deeper into the powerpoints than than you necessarily do, but it's it's right there. Like they just maybe lose to Riverheads and beat everyone else is what's left ahead of them, and I, I think that's asking too much. And 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 so um, Wilson their best starts six and zero. That's their best start since twenty fourteen or five and one since. <laughs> sorry, I messed this all up. Five and one's their best start since they've had back in. 2014 when they started six and zero so they're right there and uh, that was a great season for them I don't know if they're on that same trajectory because of these issues that we saw I think that Spotswood game that we were at two weeks ago that doesn't happen that way you can lose that game but it doesn't happen the way it de- did if they're on that kind of trajectory they don't fumble four times in this game and, and I don't know maybe maybe you have to be really good to fumble four times and still win a ball game but I just don't think you fumble four times if you're that good
0: so. uh well I've touched on one of the reasons I think they win despite four turnovers. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't think yeah, they're going to play right. that every week.
1: Yeah, I agree. All right. So I was at Riverheads for the Buffalo gap game and uh, it started defensive battle. And we've seen that uh, between these two rivals more than once. I, it was a, there was a game a couple of years ago at Buffalo gap in middle of the Riverheads. Great run where Riverheads was down a couple scores early, but uh, you know, after the, I won't even say slow start. I think it was just both. Both teams run each other's offense. They practice against these offenses each and every week. I think Buffalo Gap runs against a a solidly good offense uh, when they're playing against themselves over there. You know, I know uh, some of their starting running backs are on defense, but still, they're they're aware of the quality that's coming there at Riverheads because I think they bring a solid quality themselves. So, they were standing up to them early. They kept it within reach all the way into the fourth quarter. They really did a good job. They finally got on the scoreboard in the third quarter to kind of make that real – but uh, then in the fourth quarter, the biggest play of the game, they're around their own 20, and they go, they, they fake a punt. They don't keep their offense on the field on fourth down. They put their punt team on there, but then they, they have a designed fake punt, and Riverheads was completely ready for it. You saw it. As soon as it happened, they just ran right up the middle. Apparently it was the same fake. They had ran early in the season, and Riverheads had that on film. They were prepared. They stopped it for no gain or not enough for a first down either way and Riverheads gets the ball, they score three plays later, and then, you know, gaps on tilt after that. So, mm-hmm. Riverheads wins that one 27-7, to and, um, you know, it was, you know, on the radio on Friday, I think a week ago on this podcast, you kind of alluded to that game not really being a contest. With how little Riverheads has played in the last month, you know, I'm not terribly surprised. Maybe they're not just perfect right now you know I, I this is a program that prides itself on playing their best football when it matters the most in November and going in December and uh continually we see that out of them they're not playing their best football right now not saying they can't the way they're playing right now I just I, I think at the moment the way that we've seen them play against Haswell a couple of weeks ago I'm not really bringing the Lord Bottetot game into it the way we saw them play against Haswell the same way way we saw him play against Gap I think instead of being 40 points better than everybody, maybe they're only 21 points better than everybody. And that's still darn good. And they're still one of the best teams in the state. They're the best team in class uh, one. I don't care what rankings want to have Essex number one. I don't I don't know how you win six straight state championships. Still have Caden Cook Cash involved. And you're not the number one team in the state. So I, I, I don't follow that rating, but they're good they have, they can be better. And I think they'll, I expect them to be better. I don't know how many times you have to see them ascend in a season for me to think that they'll be better. But right now, you know, Buffalo gap was in that game. I I think down the stretch, they're going to have to, you know, they're going to get everybody's best shot like always, and they're going to have to play good football and that'll help get them maybe back up to where they want to be and, you know, get some separation on some people by the end of the season there. I mean, I think it's nice playing Stanton and Stewart's draft to close out the season two teams that, you know, Stanton's playing hot. They're undefeated. Stewart's draft is knows how to play Riverheads. You know, it doesn't. They know how to play them, and uh, they'll present some kind of challenge in, in some way. Even if Stewart's draft's down a bit, they'll they'll be some resistance to the offense that Riverheads has to run. I like those setups for them going into the playoffs, and so uh, yeah, I I thought you know everybody was kind of asking me all weekend is Riverheads just not as good anymore, and I I don't think. I think right now they're not as good as we're used to seeing them, but it's not saying they can't get there.
0: <sighs> yeah, I mean, I think you it and I had a conversation feel like a on bad the phone. Game
1: for Riverheads. It didn't really like coming out of it. I wasn't like, oh, Riverheads was really bad tonight. They're sloppy. A lot of penalties. Don't like that. But otherwise, it, it like it just didn't feel like they were bad. And so I uh, people reacted that way just from seeing the score. I just was like, no. I mean, Gap played them tough, and then they pulled away. Like I, I don't know. So
0: well, and I think you and I. Talked about this on the phone after our games mm-hmm. were over on Friday night, and you had said maybe instead of being four or five scores better than everybody, they're only three scores better than everybody, and right. that that could be that's and that's fine, like that's enough it's cushion. Still three
1: scores better than makes you darn good.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I and I know what you, and I hear what you're saying. It's a rivalry with Draft too, and rivalries can make things weird. But the last time we saw Draft not having a typical Stewart's Draft year and struggling, they got killed that year, sure. and so I don't think that I'm it, I'm telling you right now. I've said it all year, so Stuart Draft fans are... Sorry, it's a broken record. Stewart's Draft is not the team that might challenge them. If there is a team remaining on the schedule that's going to challenge them, it's Stanton.
1: It's I, not I, Wilson.
0: It's day. not Wilson Friday. Uh, sorry, four turnovers against Fort Defiance. You're going to have turnovers against Riverheads because these aren't even turnovers that Fort are forcing necessarily. This is like, we can't even get the handoff right turnovers. So at, that, at this point in the season, for that to still be a thing, I have concerns. Um, I don't think Riverhead's gonna be a close game. I but they've already played Buffalo Gap. Stanton is the team on the schedule left that is maybe. And then you get yeah. into Class One playoffs, and I don't respect any of these teams. So,
1: <laughs> yeah, they might see Gap again, and
0: you might see Gap for, again. For, but that was uh, still a three score yeah. game,
1: or a team that's only scored once on them in two seasons now. Like it's just hard to imagine them beating them. I, you know, I, I dismissed Essex in what I said, and they're the best team from the East, and. Central Lunenburg went down to Essex and had a tough game and, and a game that Essex could have won that game the way it went. Um, and maybe they're up a bit. And so maybe that will be somewhat of a challenge. We'll have to get there to see that doubt. it. I don't know. There's a lot of football to be played before then. So i am just, I'm not going to pick, I'm not going to pick games, you know, eight games from now quite yet.
0: I will. That's fine. (laughs) I've done it the past three years with Riverheads and it's worked out pretty well. So.
1: (laughs) I played in that program. I, I know uh, I'm afraid of getting benched if I say things like that. So
0: That's fine. I'm not going to get benched. Yeah, I don't have to worry <laughs> about it. Um,
1: no, we talked about Wilson Riverheads. They play Friday night. That's where radio will be. Uh, Buffalo, G- Buffalo gap stewart trapped. very interesting game based on what we just said. Stewart's draft coming off a loss. Buffalo Gap coming off a loss. You know, both of them sitting at four and two. Both of them not sitting exactly where they want to in their playoff rankings because Buffalo Gap much rather be in the top two. Stewart's draft sitting down at six. So I think it's a very important game for these two teams on kind of where they're going to go from here. I'm not saying, particularly at Buffalo Gap, I'm not going to write them off after if they somehow lose this game. I think at this point, I'm, I'd am i be a little surprised if this is a, isn't Either a gap win or a a real battle with gap right involved. Like if Stewart's draft somehow wins this by multiple scores, I, I think I'll be surprised at this point. I think Buffalo Gap plays good defense. I think Buffalo Gap's going to be able to score on the Stewart's draft defense, who's been giving up points these last couple of weeks. I I just would be surprised. Like I I don't think this is a blowout unless somehow Gap pulls away. I do not think Stewart's draft's capable of dominating this game.
0: No, I don't either. Um, I would like to see Stewart's draft. Both teams, really, because I I saw your note that there was a portion of the game where Buffalo Gap did target Tinsley, um, and I'm guessing little, since they only scored seven. A
1: touch, a touch too much. It was just a, a little too a little too much. They did use him a decoy on one play, and it just didn't work. They just didn't connect with the guy downfield, and it was a great – I mean, the guy was hoping because everybody was focused on Tinsley. Um,
0: okay, I, and they, I guess I hear you when you say power, a bit too to much.
1: A whole passing game where Tinsley is the best, and that's great. But like have a touch more of like Laporte being wide open or Shiflett being coming out in the flats wide open. Because like these defenses are gonna focus on him. So like having that ready is gonna be needed at some point.
0: Okay. And I wasn't there. I mean, were those guys open on other pass plays?
1: It is a pass play to Tinsley. <laughs> I mean,
0: okay, like but are there other the route. routes? And, and are the Tinsley,
1: where are you gonna be? We're gonna throw it to you. There we go. Like it I I you know, I can't tell you what other people are doing very well either. But, I mean, it's there's no time for the quarterback to look at him either. He turns and he throws it to Tinsley. So,
0: and that's fine. I, um, I don't know. I, I do he's, think he's that much. These other
1: one-dimensional teams, like Riverheads has been in the past, a one-dimensional team, and like, you know, uh, Lightner these last few years and stuff, you do see the running backs coming out, and they're very much involved and very much part of it. And I just – only one time did I really see that exercised against Riverheads the other day.
0: Okay. And maybe, but I do think Tinsley needs to be the target of (laughs) the majority of your pass plays. Like, I do think that's a fact.
1: Okay. I I just think that like the fact that that other guy was wide open at, at one point, like I may, I thought they might come back to that at some point. I mean, and that did happen later. So maybe that's a little bit unfair, but I think that's something to remember for them as they're using their passing game. Like look how much they focused on Tinsley. Like, Let's make sure our quarterback knows where that other guy is going, just in case he looks over there and sees two guys about to tackle him before the ball even gets there. Like as as he's throwing the ball, like maybe like take that second and then find your other guy because I think it's going to be there. And I think they need to focus maybe on they can work on some
0: of that. Sure, and maybe that can be you know another wrinkle added in the pass game. My point was going to be I do want to see Buffalo Gap still not abandon the pass game just because it didn't work sure. this week. Yeah, against Riverheads. I would imagine that is a possibility to work against Stewart's draft, just based on Stanton's success. Um now, I also would say for Stewart's draft, you're not playing a team with the pass defense of the Stanton Storm this week in Buffalo Gap. So don't also don't abandon the passing game. I didn't I did think it was odd that you decided to air it out against a team that leads maybe the entire Shenandoah into a valley in interceptions, but don't let don't let the fact that you turned it over a lot discourage you from going back to it. Work on uh, the quarterback Graber's confidence and make sure he is, you know, knows you're not giving up on him. Go back to it against Buffalo Gap. Buffalo Gap does not have the speed nor the coverage and talent in the secondary, I think, to cause what happened this past Friday against Stanton. Uh, to land in Graver. I think Stuart Straft, if they do decide to go to the passing game and balance it, I'm not saying, you know, air raid and pass more than you run, but I think if you get a little more balanced, I think that will help. If Stuart Straft goes think... into this game thinking all they're going to do is going to run, I think Stuart Straft's going to have a very long game and it's not going to be a good one.
1: I do think maybe Stuart draft offense is a little bit further away than even that. I like they're missing a lot from their previous offenses. I think you meant, mentioned the point last week on the podcast. Talking about their offensive coordinator being gone, and he's over at Wilson, and you know, well, to be fair, sure, that's a chip point. From, I, I think yeah. I think they're trying to correct a lot of things on that offense from what they're used to, and I think, um, yeah, I, I think the passing game is going to be a big part of that. I think some running those those suites that they are used to have not been there. We haven't been seeing them, so I, I think. Well, they we've have a seen lot them. They just there. haven't I, worked. I've also, I've also seen with Buffalo Gap, they continually have their guys in the right spots on on pass coverage we saw it against East Rock a very talented quarterback up there and, and athletes all over the field we saw Buffalo Gap really step up to that well uh when challenged there so uh yeah I think you're gonna have to use it I think I think this game you're gonna have to use everything you got sewers draft and you're gonna have to you know be good at multiple areas of your offense and like we haven't necessarily seen these last previous two weeks now this week you you, you had a touchdown pass you had touchdown runs you you scored um 20 one points. That's not, a, that's not enough in a game against Stanton, but you know, it wasn't waiting until the fourth quarter to score any points or anything like that. So I, I, I think Stewart's draft is further away on offense than just developing their passing game. I think that is a big part of it. I think you're right. I'm not at all saying you're wrong. I just, I think also their running game needs to be improved. So.
0: But I think if they develop the passing game, that will help with the running game. Yeah. And I will say this: the jet sweeps. I do. Di- I do disagree. It's not that we haven't seen the jet sweeps; we've seen them. They just haven't worked.
1: Yeah, they need to get that working. I, I don't know. I, Riverheads needs to get the superpower working. I don't know. Like, there, it's a lot of teams, the good teams that need to get stuff working. Stewart draft needs to, you know, get the guys on the blocks, and they need to.
0: Maybe, but I, maybe I also think like this is part of the Stewart's draft simplify problem. The offense, but... I think this is part of the Stewart's draft problem in the games leading up to this. They, they just mm-hmm. refuse to pass. And so defenses are like, okay, we'll put eight, nine guys in the box. And drafts answer is, okay, we'll still try to run. And they don't have, you know, an Aaron nice in the backfield this year. They don't have the offensive line that they've had in the past up there opening up those holes. And so I, I think that's been a problem. And like I said, of all weeks, one where you maybe have the size advantage at the line is the week you start to air it out more against a really talented secondary, which to me, when I saw that and was you know just following along with the tweets, I was like, and I don't know. you know, I don't know the situations. Maybe they were third and longs and that's the situation you're presented and you've got to pass it. And Stanton is just that good and they're able to take it away from you when you have to pass it. But it seemed like an awful lot of passing going on for Seward's draft. Like the number of interceptions Stanton had, I don't know if I've seen Stanton draft throw the ball that many times in a game period. So, yeah, they, coming they into this game,
1: three times on the season coming into the stand game, and I bet you they threw it, what, 15 times? Something like that. Future? Yeah. And yeah. so
0: that was the part that surprised me where I'm like, really, that's the game where you air it out more is against a team that is really good against the pass. Like, I don't know. It's like saying, what's this yeah, team's you would, strength? You come into a game
1: against Stanton and just try to like pound them, you know? Yeah. Get, get old school on them and pound right. them and make them wish for basketball season. Kind right. Of thing, you but
0: know? But it's, yeah, it's like, it's almost like sewer Traff went into that game going, all right, what's that team strength. Okay. That's what we're going to attack. And I'm like, mm, <laughs> no. And so it didn't work out like this week. I think they're going to have to have that balanced attack again. It's like, maybe don't throw the ball 15 times a game, but you know, 10, 10 would be good. And running the ball, you're going to have to be able to control the line and scrimmage a little bit, which might be a tough task against Buffalo gap. But I, man, I got to be honest with you, Leland. I don't, I would not be shocked to see Stuart Treff lose three straight.
1: Yeah, I haven't, I haven't pulled that stat up. But I, I guarantee it's been a while. Uh, draft won this game last year, 28-14. This is a game I think you guys did on radio. I don't think I was at this game. And this was a competitive game. I think this was the closest game in the Shenandoah district. Last it was. Time, it? That was this the closest game? game
0: in the Shenandoah district all of last year. And it was, I
1: think it was a touchdown late that kind mm-hmm. of made it not a one-score game kind of situation. So, I yeah, I think. I think gap's right there. I, I I think Stuart's draft is back down with everybody else. And uh, I think it's been proven already. And I think Buffalo gap's going to show that as well. I, I I just don't see Stuart's draft going away in this game. I really don't. And before the season, I, I had Stuart's draft second. I was wrong. I was wrong about a couple things. A team that I was wrong about is the Stanton Storm. We've already talked about what they did last week. This week, they have Fort Defiance. Yeah, I, I think this is their their easiest game left.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I, I don't know. I just hate to dismiss Fort defiance after the positives they had. And I hate to frame it that it's like some kind of disappointment. This is a team. We were legitimately worried about winning a game this year. Fair. There's a legitimate worry,
0: but then they they started off the way they they did.
1: Mm -hmm. Like I want to make sure there's credit there for that improvement for this young team. Cause I, am very scared of them not winning a game the rest of the way. So, like, it's hard for me just to, like, I just don't want to frame it this way. But when they win three in a row, you start getting those expectations. And you start talking about playoffs. And so when they go away, it does it does start to sour. And I, I hate that for this young team. And I think that's what they can rely on is that they're a young team. But when you talk about having a young team for three years, people are going to get tired of that. So um, it would be nice to see a good fight in this one with a Stanton Storm team that I think is – is favored, And I, as much as we said last week, who's going to win this game between Wilson and, and Fort? And we all kind of got on the Wilson side. We're all going to be on the Stanton side this week. And I, I want to see fight again, even though they're playing a better team. I, I want to see fight out of them. I want to see them in this game somehow in the second half. I want to see them, you know, have learned lessons from a week ago and not have similar head scratching moments. I So that's what I'm looking for from this game for Fort Defiance. For Stanton, nothing would be better than just an absolute domination, <laughs> and the opposite of what I'm saying is go out there and kick this team in the teeth and move on to the next week because uh, they got big games coming up. and And I think going out here and taking care of Fort quickly would be very nice for this team, as uh, you know that that'd be a, another statement. Seven and zero would be another statement.
0: It would, and but you know. Okay, so I'll I'll go back to one of the first points you made about Fort Defiance, and I said yes,
1: everything. I, I gave every different scenario possible. Three wins,
0: <laughs> three wins was a big improvement for them, and then started to give them expectations. And if what you don't lose that Rockbridge game, I think
1: I think Fort will be improved, but I don't I don't know if they'll have any more wins. I kept saying that and kept saying that. I was proven wrong, but now I don't see any more wins, and that's the problem.
0: Well, but it goes back to that Rockbridge game, right? That's a game they should not have right. lost and because right. you did that made the Wilson and the Stanton game must wins instead of the Wilson or the Stanton game must wins and right. so now you've lost to Rockbridge you've lost to Wilson there is no path for them to go to the playoffs because then we're asking them to beat Draft we're asking them to beat Riverheads we're asking them to beat Gap and and that's just not likely scenarios it's not realistic expectations at this point so and frankly like this game isn't a realistic expectation in my mind now That being said, I will say Stanton can't come in here, you know, and I don't think that's going to be a problem. Mikey Bell has pushed all the right buttons so far. I'm sure he's going to be preaching the right message to his kids. I'm sure Stanton's not going to be one of these, it's not going to be a situation where Stanton's going to walk on the field and be like, we're the Stanton storm, you know, bow before us and expect to just get a win by showing up. But that being said, I mean, this is a 14 that I've touched on a few times already tonight, but four turnovers and they still lost by two scores. And that's yeah. partially because they had some turnovers themselves, but also because some of those turnovers did not result in points. And so I, I just don't see a path forward for this sport team, especially an offense that while they do have some speed, I wouldn't say they have more speed than Stanton. Their line is not dominant up front and they kind of do need a balanced attack. And what was the thing we kept talking about in draft? The game you decide to pass is against the best pass defense in maybe the entire Shenandoah Valley in the Stanton Storm. Well, guess how Fort's going to have to try to move the ball with a young quarterback by passing the ball. And frankly, I know I just said if I was an opposing coach, I would try to find out where Jeff Ra is and just not throw to that side of the field. I don't think that's going to happen on Friday night. I think they're going to throw to a certain person And I think Stanton is going to take that away and there will be interceptions galore. I think this is going to be not a good game. I don't think you're going to see the fight you want.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, if I had to bet, I'd I'd agree with you. I, I think the best thing for Fort Defiance defensively, just keep Stanton in front of you, keep those big plays out of there because when I saw Stanton a few weeks ago, it seemed like they had kind of multiple players where it was either they got really nothing or they got the end zone.
0: And they had big sports against draft.
1: Jet into the end zone like that would be that would be, like make Stanton grind it out. Make them do that because I think that might make them a little more uncomfortable. But yeah, offensively, you're going to have to do something too. So it's going to be tough.
0: But two, I mean, two of those. The difference in the game against draft was big plays, right? Cause you had the Jeffra yeah. run, you had the yeah. Jeffra pass that were both 80 plus yards. So those are huge plays. Now I will say they, like, didn't, for they didn't come, they didn't come until later in the game, but those kind of happened for Wilson too. And, and there was a kickoff return for a touchdown and there was a big play early now that I'm thinking about it for Wilson. That was also a touchdown. And then at the end, they just kind of gashed him a little more than they had in the middle parts of the game. But that, that would be my concern for Ford. I just, I don't think, yes, this is a young team. Stanton in a lot of ways is a young team too though and maybe not at quarterback with Walker Darby but there's a lot of young kids on that Stanton team that they have a lot to look forward to in the coming years and I just think that this is not going to be a game where at the end of the night when we're checking scores we're doing all that feverish of checking of that score because I think that one's going to be decided by the time we get to the fourth quarter.
1: Yep. 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 Uh, Rockbridge and Waynesboro play, play. a couple weeks ago, once we kind of realized Waynesboro was not going to be the team we thought they were going to be. This was a game I had circled. I said, okay, out of these Valley district games, Rockbridge, probably the weakest team. So this is like probably Waynesboro's. Cause even at that point I knew they weren't going to be gap and they, you know, they probably were mm-hmm. going to go into that second mm-hmm. part of their season without a win. I circled this game since then, you know, Rockbridge beat Fort defiance. They, played spots with tough this past week, a uh, 25, 20 win spots with they had to score late to win that ball game. I think Rockbridge is playing a tough brand of football right now. I think, I think they're a tougher brand than they have been these last couple of years, even though they've been playoff teams. I, I, they're more run first. I think they're just a little more tough. And um, I think it's gonna be hard for Waynesboro to handle. You look at Rockbridge's quarterback, Garrett Claytor, their main running back, DeAndre Stores, You have Blake Jones and Ryan Barber, those two names last year were better than what these guys, what Garrett Clater and Deandre stores has been this season. Waynesboro is going to need those two guys to be the stars on the field this week for them to win this game. I'm, I'm not terribly optimistic because I don't know if they'll have the time. I don't know if they have the space created for them to do that, but like they're going to need a team effort that helps them create Blake Jones and Ryan Barber being the best two players in the field. And it's going to be tough. It's going to be real tough.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I I'm with you. If Waynesboro is going to find a win, it's it's this Friday, but man, I just haven't seen anything
1: and going to happen there.
0: I just haven't seen anything to give me the confidence that that's going to happen this Friday. And I think that's because like you touched on, I just, I don't know if they're going to have enough time to make Barber and Blake Jones have success. So yeah,
1: they close with Broadway. That's the next, the next best hope after this one. So um, all right, so that's the high school football talk. Uh, we do that every week. In case you're new to the show, so come back next week for more. We're gonna keep moving ahead here with volleyball. Where Ford Defiance continues to dominate, they swept Gap on Tuesday. Kind of had a uh, easy week. I think that was their only game. uh, uh Riverheads. You know, I don't. I don't even know where to start on this. This I said last week. I bet the top. You have a lot of the top teams playing a lot of the bottom teams, and I said I bet there's a lot of what we expect. Riverheads goes out last week. They beat Draft, who's ahead of them in the standings. They beat Wilson, sweep them on Thursday, you know, uh, revenge for an earlier sweep where Wilson sweeped them, um, and a very surprising win. And so Riverheads was kind of that surprise team of the week, and that's what we're used to seeing Riverheads do is win volleyball games, and they, they just weren't doing that at the rate that we had expected because of what they've done these past years and who they had coming back. And uh, it seems like maybe they got something figured out there. So they have a week this week with uh, on the road at Perry McClure and at Stanton. So they want to keep that going this week. Um, but that was there. That was the only the really the surprise team of the week. Everybody, everything else kind of went as you'd expect. Um, Waynesboro was able to pick up a win against Stanton. That is you know, the team in the bottom spot of the district. So a uh, good win there for Waynesboro to pick one up, but uh, you know, I think this week I really do come back to Stewart's draft and are they going to be a, an upper echelon team or are they going to drop down? And I think they have to win both those games this week for them to be an upper echelon team and including Mountain View. The Mountain View is the Monday night game and uh, that's a program that's been a lot better of, of late. So uh, that'll be an interesting week for Stuart's draft.
0: Yeah, and it's Mountain View and Gap. I mean, then they close with Ford at the end of the week. That's not going to be.
1: Yeah, you gotta, uh, sorry, you don't have to go undefeated. You have to win those first two because you, you know mm-hmm. what's going to happen against Fort. Sorry, yep. I needed to scroll over a touch. <laughs> right. <laughs> the other high school sport I just wanted to talk about, we were trying to get an interview with Coach Weller of Riverheads in front of this state championship uh, class one match where their team is going down there. He was already on the road this week and uh, internet apparently down there is not great. Doesn't give me hopes for uh, keeping up with it live. Uh, when it happens on Tuesday, uh, but uh, we'll try to get him coming up because we want to talk about this team that's you know on the gotten to go to states and we'll get to talk to him after it and that'll be great and then also talk about basketball coming up. But keep an eye out for that if you're listening to this before um, before Tuesday, if that's possible, uh, <laughs> make sure uh, you pay attention to that because that's cool that we have a local team playing at states. But moving on to college football. And, you know, I'm going to talk about what I think everybody wants to talk about, and that's JMU football. I mean, everybody is obsessed with JMU football right now for good reason. I think we'll talk about some of the things being said here in a second, but everybody being excited about what JMU is doing is absolutely justified. They're defying the odds. No one predicted they'd have the success they're having so far. I, I will say, looking at their schedule, you know, other than Appy State, there's not a whole lot of, that you would just have guaranteed they lose coming in the season. But you still to win each and every single one of them in a FBS schedule. And I keep saying this is not the CAA. This is the Sun Belt. And when you go on the road in Sun Belt, you're just going to have tougher games. And if you're not playing your best, you're going to see that. I think a little bit in that game we saw that. But then we saw them come on and do well and win 42 to 20 and take care of business at Arkansas State. And uh, that gets them ranked. They're 25th in the nation in the AP poll. I think they're just outside the 25 in the college and the coaches poll. Um, coaches don't watch all these games, so I don't even know what relevancy that poll has. Um, but they do have Georgia State this week. That's the team that beat Nebraska early in the year. Uh, they're 3-3 three and three now, 0-2 in the Sun Belt. It's 4 p.m. on ESPN+. Plus. But, hey, the hype around JMU is deserved. I mean, it, they it deserve to be talked about all around. You get tweets on... Uh, you get tweets from everybody covering college football, not just the Harrisonburg media talking about this team. And then it's awesome. It's just really exciting.
0: Yes. JMU is playing really well. And, you know, I think they deserve a lot of credit. You know, I didn't think they'd be five and zero, and they are, and they're doing well. They're winning games on the road. They're winning games at home. Um, and yes, the home teams they've played are not very good, but the road teams, I think in Appalachian yeah. state and now Arkansas state are somewhat sure. yeah they're not you know app state is good arkansas state's not some bum yeah.
1: they're not Towson. Yeah. yeah
0: so <laughs> it's they are good wins to have that arkansas state game is on national tv that's more eyes on your program which is a big win now they go to georgia state this is back-to-back road games how do they handle this i think they're gonna win this game against georgia state i think the game that's coming up i well i say that but that's if they don't overlook them and start looking at homecoming which is marshall right cuz that is going to be kind of the toughest well uh, Marshall or coastal Chicago, carolina are the two Chicago. toughest teams yeah. left um but you can't overlook those opponents it's because you know what
1: louisville is yeah well
0: <laughs> i know what louisville yeah. is and louisville's not good um but I would say Marshall and Coastal Carolina are tougher. I'm not saying they can't lose to Louisville. I'm just saying Marshall and Coastal Carolina are better than Louisville. Um, But going to your point, right? Like this isn't the FCS where you can say, okay, well, these are the two games and we don't have any shot of losing any of the other ones. Actually, you do. And like, that's why you kind of need to be focused and committed and playing strong football the whole way. I I see your note here and I hear you on the, maybe let's talk about the college football playoff. But I will say like, I do think,
1: now, if they I, get I would, past like Marshall,
0: to... if they get past Marshall, that conversation can be realistic.
1: Yeah, and we're still two weeks away from that, so I, I guess there's time for that conversation. I guess, I guess that's my point. Uh, is like right now, if you want to complain about not ha- or not being eligible for a bowl game, have at it. You know, you're you're one. Yeah, because they're going to from... be bowl
0: eligible. Yeah, yeah they will find a six. So
1: talk talk about bowl eligibility and this and that. When I start hearing the bowl games that are part of the college football playoff. Even even the newer six, just maybe just we have time to talk about that. Like, let's wait till November. Let's wait until this Marshall game happens when it's a little more real, because, man, I remember going to Virginia Tech and sitting and uh, watching us beat number three, Miami or number two, Miami, whatever they were, and then going up to Pittsburgh the next week and getting our butts beat. That's the conference they play in now of quality is they can go on the road. They can go host somebody next week and get their butts beat like that's. What can happen in an FBS conference that, and especially in one that's not the bottom of the FBS? Yeah, everybody's saying how great the Sun Belt is. I agree. That's why it's not just given that JMU is going undefeated here. I I, I just sure. the undefeated talk. I think it's very bold in the second week of October. I think if you get to November and you're still undefeated, I, I'm not gonna. I'll shut up. I'll stop telling you to quiet down. I just think
0: college I football don't know. playoff. Have fun. Like who, are you knocking?
1: Which which team are you bumping out here? Clemson or Georgia? Like, what are we doing? Like. Let's just wait a touch. Let's get a couple more quality wins before you, this is real.
0: I don't and know. Have, have fun. Of, have fun. Of, you
1: have two months to talk about it. Then
0: have fun. Yeah, it's the first year. You're five and zero. Oh, have fun. I, I like the it.
1: Is they're not going to play in any damn bowl game. Like the, the, the thing, you can talk about it. You ain't going to play in any bowl game.
0: I don't know. The NCAA. The ESPN
1: drops the hammer. Maybe. I mean, ESPN is going to have to be the one that changes it.
0: Yeah, if they the go undefeated, the yeah, I will of, say like. like the, I think even if they don't go undefeated, but they only have one loss, I think it's going to be hard to say no bowl game. Bowl
1: game. I, with the transfer rules now, like just, just
0: let them play in a bowl game. Like I, we were wrong. Yeah,
1: so now on everybody can play in a bowl game if they earn it first year.
0: I yeah, I don't.
1: Like, what are you protecting them from?
0: Yeah, when I saw it's to protect programs, I was like, from success or Money, bowl gifts, and I guess well, and okay, so that is part of it, right? But that was also a rule made before some of the huge TV deals for these conferences came in. And so I, I do think before that there was, if for some of the lower tier bowls, you do lose money going to them because you don't sell all your tickets or whatever, but, was
1: losing money, going to national championship games, so Right. Well lose money going to a bowl game. I not
0: hear you. Game. I agree. I hear you. Yep. And I agree. Um, they
1: should, I have no, I, they should be in a bowl game. I, uh, I, Fully hard to believe that I just I'm getting run over with college football playoff talk, and I'm like, man, I watched Alabama the other night. I look, and I, I will
0: NBA. say, JMU can <laughs> JMU can go undefeated. They're not going to be one of the top four teams in the country.
1: No, they're Coastal not. Carolina was this a couple of years ago, and no, they weren't even close to the conversation of the college football playoff talk. Like, even if they would have finished undefeated, they weren't there, or didn't they? They played literally no, a bowl game, right?
0: I don't think they were undefeated, but
1: but still, yeah. they weren't going to go to a like. You, you don't go to the college football, I mean, Cincinnati, <laughs>
0: like. Yeah, they uh. had to do it two years in a row before they got yeah, it. Yeah,
1: you had to win multiple years and be like a perennial. You can't come to the FBS and go to the college football playoff. The old men that in charge of that don't want that to happen.
0: Yeah, I'm not the saying that's right. Money, I'm not FBS. saying yeah, that's right. right. Oh, it's I think it's right. wrong. but
1: It's just a fact.
0: Yeah. um, And, and Jamie, you could go undefeated. They're not going to have the strength of schedule to get ranked oh. in the top four. They will be, if they go undefeated, they will absolutely be rightfully so saying they should be in the Cotton Bowl at that point. Um, but they won't be in the college football playoff. Um, no. so that so being they say said, in a
1: bowl game, I, I'm just not, I myself am not spending that much time about it
0: until the rules change
1: to allow it. Then I'll worry about which bowl game they're going to play in.
0: Okay. Um, but I like I do a think universe
1: where they can play in one and then I'll, I'll talk I about it.
0: I do think if they start to get to you know if they get past Marshall at that point I do yes. think it's I do think it's fair for JMU to say we should be allowed a postseason game.
1: I I think I started with that. I think like let's get past Marshall before we say all this.
0: Um. Then you
1: got six weeks to do it before sure. you set the building on fire. I guess I don't. Um.
0: <laughs> moving on to the more disappointing side of the state. Uh let's start with Virginia Tech. The rest,
1: the rest of the state, the teams that play in the F, the Power Five Conference? Yeah.
0: yeah. Um Virginia Tech lost 45-29 in a game that started out okay. But I i will say I know I was texting you like when it was going well. I was like, all right, well, you know, this is at least a good start. And but I like
1: I, that you've learned me well enough to only text me when it's going well.
0: Yeah. I well, <laughs> but I also and what I didn't text you when that was going on was I just I was like, I'm just kind of waiting for this to not yeah. go well. Like I it we was only a matter parties. of time. Yeah, Yeah. it was. It was only a matter of time, and it did fall apart. And it's, I don't know. I just don't what like. What
1: was the stat? We gave up the most rushing yards to like one guy that we'd ever given up in the history of Virginia Tech playing football. I
0: don't know. I wasn't it's watching the end of the game. game yeah, I I wasn't watching the end of the game, so I don't know. you'd have to. I mean, tell was good. Me. I I mean, it
1: wasn't like we just. I mean, he was blowing through tackles and stuff like. He, okay, he but good. is that him
0: being good or is that us being bad?
1: He he, I think he's a good running back. I'm not I'm not going to take anything really away from him there. Uh, but yeah, we, we are also bad. Like it was a perfect storm of let's go set a record, dude. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, he wasn't running, running through
0: Duke. Was... That's my thing. He's not running through Duke. Is that where we are? Is that where we want to be as Virginia Tech, or can we just say these kids suck? <laughs> we suck okay
1: then, then it's not it. that he's
0: necessarily that good It's that we suck Virginia Tech he sucks is. hey Dax Hollyfield you suck hey if you he are on the best. Virginia Tech football roster you suck don't ever come back to campus you suck I don't want I don't want you part of Virginia Tech history that's actually, ever remembered think about
1: Dax Hollyfield he's actually better this year than he's been these last two cool been, and he like, sucked. he sucked then up as the face of our program that's and fine. like this year I feel like it is a step back like I, because we, we're terrible but I also feel like we're not pushing him up as much. And he's like statistically having a better season. That's than fine. He's been having that's it's interesting.
0: But he sucked the past two years too. He sucks. All these kids on this roster suck. I don't want any of them back. Let me just make that blanket statement. Any of them enter the transfer he's portal, I will lose. Last I will lose zero sleep on if any of them. If Brent Pry yeah. brings an entirely new football roster from the transfer portal and recruiting, he will have done his job.
1: Just just so you know how clear you're being. My
0: mom, the last two weeks, not just
1: Sunday, these last two weeks has come to me. She's like, yeah, Joe doesn't want any of the players back. You are being clear about this. You have been clear about this for a month. I get it. You don't want anybody back. Not how the sport works. But yeah, that. I mean, that's cool. Well, that.
0: it'd be fine. <laughs> I know there's Virginia Tech fans that like Connor Blumrick I don't get it. I don't. That guy's I bad.
1: Don't. I'm glad we're targeting him less. I, I think. I think that's why we like, had first halves where we're in games these last two weeks.
0: That guy can't play at JMU, so don't tell me how good he is. We
1: play Miami next. All we can hope for is that Miami oh plays one of their terrible, terrible games. God,
0: who cares? Yeah, we're both – this
1: is the first time we played each other in the last, like, 25 years or something, or more than that, 35 years, I think, that we both have a losing record.
0: It's I think it got bumped up to 11 ESPN
1: and like that, that amount of time as well. It's crazy.
0: I think the kickoff got bumped up to 11. I thought I saw from Barber, unless that was a joke that he was saying.
1: I assume that's a joke today. I did the schedule. I, I, I have not seen that as of this afternoon. So
0: I don't I, know. I, Let me look at Barber's tweet. Cause I saw Jeff commented on it, making a joke about then. I guess the UVA tech game is going to be at 8. AM, which I was like, no, there, People are awake at 8 a.m., so that's not good. You
1: need to be drunk for that game. You got to give us a a minute.
0: You can't, you (laughs) cannot have that game be when people are awake and watching it. (laughs) Honestly, like, and I'll say this there's that meme that's going around from the Netflix show, like Jeffrey Dahmer, of the TV in the background. He said, he's saying, you know, I said we're watching, and then, you know, something terrible on TV. But, I I do feel like Leland that's going to be you on Thanksgiving to your family like saying I said we're watching Virginia Tech versus UVA on the television some <laughs> real serial killer stuff because to sit to want to sit through that game is going to be serial killer level quite I'm commitment I, I don't know Leland I'm telling you right now I'm going to it. I'm going to watch That's serial killer stuff. If you're at that game, you're a serial killer. Um, I think you should I'm end up. If you go to that game, you should absolutely hundred percent be on an FBI watch list. Like no doubt in my mind. <laughs> it's fine. It's
1: fine. I'm going
0: to go to it. Oh no. Is Andy bitter saying that's it. Let's move the kickoff up to 1130. So it was a joke. a joke. It's at 1230. But who cares? It's on and so chances are you might not be able to watch it unless you have Comcast or DirecTV. And if you do have Comcast or DirecTV, are you going to watch it then? I don't know. Do you hate yourself? Like that needs, honestly, that could be like those BetterHelp commercials. Do you watch Virginia Tech and UVA football? It's okay. Get BetterHelp. Like you don't have to do that.
1: And the reason we're continuing to pound on Louisville justifiably, uh, which is different than usual when we do it when they actually, like last year, have some talent. Uh, this They lost to Louisville. Louisville didn't even, like, send their quarterback to the game. They had him hurt. And uh, they still win. Louisville does yeah. 34 to 17. It was just pretty disheartening. I, I like Elliott after the game. Like, I'm tired of hearing about last year's offense and this and that. It was like,
0: that's not. A yeah, thing I mean, you, you should hear about it, but like, yeah, it's not a thing everybody you wants say out loud.
1: success. And last year, they had success <laughs> on the offensive side of the football. So, like, I I do think there's relevancy with the fans and the media that are that got used to such things. So,
0: well, and okay, I will say this: I I'm not saying I would be ready to give up on Tony Elliott if I was UVA. I understand. I like
1: the people are. I, I like, like the I, sent-
0: like I understand the sentiment after seeing the offense and what it was last year, and bringing in someone who ran Clemson's offense and now it's somehow it's worse. I understand that sentiment. Why you might start to have questions. I'm not saying don't have questions and don't ask questions. I'm just saying I don't know if I'd pull the plug right now. Um,
1: you have to have like a behind closed doors. Between. Like Poindexter her already agreeing to a contract before you would even think about something <laughs> like you can't flub it up.
0: But between <laughs> this and Brent Venables at Oklahoma. Oof. You're, you are kind of looking going,
1: Hmm. What is Dabo the good one?
0: <laughs> well, but Clemson Dabo? hasn't even, Clemson one? hasn't been as dominant. So, I mean, I don't know. Maybe that's a thing where they're, you know, kind of like a Brooks and Dunn. They're better together God, than I they are apart.
1: Be, I wish we could be not dominant like Clemson is right now.
0: Don't we all? Um,
1: <laughs> but, I wish we could be top five, not dominant. Man, I could, oof
0: but um yeah i I just the <laughs> offense it's at UVA top five the the <laughs> the offense at UVA isn't as good as they want to be and i I think there's you know reasons to be upset about that um but
1: no I'd, yeah, I would burn up last year too i i'm I'm actually I'm against Elliot on this I'm with the fans i yeah for, yes. like yeah hey, you have the same quarterback you had last year hey, you have a lot of the weapons that you had last year like what?
0: why are we so why, bad
1: Why is it not like why okay why is it not working like did last year? Is maybe unfair why is it so far from what it was last year like sure whew. yeah I and mean, I, is he just trying to make a square peg here like i
0: don't know maybe um i don't know it, it's whatever's going on there is not working dude
1: on like a has-been watch list or something like at the beginning of the season
0: yeah it's not working um I'm sure that season's burned by now but i just Well, okay. I mean, that Heisman watch list, some of the people on those Heisman watch lists at the beginning of the season. I mean, what was it? One year Michael Brewer was on or not Michael Brewer, but Ryan Willis was on like the Doak Walker award list or something at the beginning of the year. And I was like, cool story. Give it one game and he won't be. And he has five picks against Boston College. And I think they burned the preseason list. Who does
1: UVA have this week? I didn't even put it on here.
0: At least Ryan Willis will always be able to have like, that'll be something he'll put on his resume. Like was on the preseason offensive player of the year award list.
1: Hey, UVA has Georgia tech on next Thursday. So they don't, I would not feel good about that. They're not, not going to they lose this week. And yes. then they got Georgia tech on a Thursday next week.
0: They will lose on Thursday next week. Are you serious? So. Georgia tech just beat Duke and Pitt. georgia tech's playing a lot better
1: this week i all i said is they're not going to lose this week
0: yeah but then you tried to frame it as like and then you play georgia tech so you know maybe
1: probably the most winnable game they have left no
0: it's not we are the most winnable game oh yeah we're on that
1: we're on that schedule let's forget about that because i'm gonna be there that's what they make alcohol at tailgates for
0: um other the fbi should just be there to screen people as soon as they walk out of the stadium
1: All right, so let's just trade here. You bring up something that stood out to you on Saturday, and then I'll come behind you with something else.
0: Okay. TCU-Kansas might have been the Big 12 championship game. That was an incredibly exciting game. I loved watching that all the way to the end. It was a great noon game. I absolutely thought both of those teams were belonging in that game, and they might be the two best teams in the Big 12.
1: I will just jump on down to Alabama being challenged by Texas A&M. I didn't think it it would be that close. Didn't think it would be that close. It was well within what you needed it to be. Um, But, uh, yeah, it was surprising. Uh, Terrible, terrible play call to end that game. To throw it in front of the end zone. I mean, he throws it like to the the short side
0: in front of the end zone. It was a choice. It was a choice. It was a choice where I think you look at whoever called that play and say, hey, don't worry about getting back to College Station. You can find a house here or somewhere along the way.
1: Yeah, I I mean you pair that with the Appy State loss and stuff like that, okay. But then you still got to come back to the fact they were in that ball game. They were in a position to throw yeah. a game winning touchdown pass. So like, that's where you, you probably don't lose your job. But who that was a bad play call.
0: Um, I'm not. Uh, okay. So I guess next point I want to make is a game that wasn't close. Hinden Hooker's legit. They went yeah, into I, they went I into went Baton Rouge. I they went into Baton Rouge and beat the absolute stuffing out of LSU. It was awesome, and it
1: was loud there. Like I, I mean, the crowd was super loud there. They were really going for that early game. And with that article and, in and the see, Athletic was-
0: that came out this week too, just about like why Hendon Hooker, you know, ended up transferring in the moment he decided like he couldn't stay in Blacksburg anymore. Like again, it just goes to show you he was not the problem in Blacksburg. The staff that was here was the problem, and you can see him. I hope he wins the Heisman this year. I hope he gets His, in the college football player was the problem. <laughs> uh, when he left, there were a lot of people saying, don't blame Fuente. Uh, I, I
1: don't think you were odd. nothing. No one said that on this podcast. No, dude.
0: but there were plenty of Fuente defenders at the time saying, well, he couldn't cut it here. That's why he transferred. I, they can't cut it on like a driver's test. The fact that those people have driver's license is scary.
1: <laughs> uh, the other thing I saw that was not as much during the game, I actually didn't catch as much of this actual football game, but South Carolina did go and beat Kentucky 24-14. Wow. I didn't even
0: realize that was a thing that happened.
1: It was interesting (laughs) because uh, Stoops from Kentucky during the summer kind of had a dig at Beamer because Beamer had made one of those Twitter videos or, you know, TikTok videos and he is dancing. There's music and he's dancing. He puts on these sunglasses and he's dancing and it's, you know, we, we've seen all, we've seen a lot of coaches do this kind of thing. So I, I don't know why he was calling out Shane Beamer on this because it was something about like, you know, that can create an atmosphere, but, uh, I I'm, I'm creating a culture at Kentucky. Well then <laughs> Beamer goes in there, beats them in Kentucky. And, uh, he comes in the locker room ready for it, puts on the sunglasses. The players are singing the same song that was in that video. So uh, I appreciate that out of Shane. Um, cause he is a younger coach. I don't like it as much when these old guys, and it feels so forced and weird when uh, our guy at LSU that used to be at Notre Dame, Brian uh, Kelly. Kelly is, is, you know, doing his dance and stuff. I, I think that's, that, that's what I would shy away from, but Shane can still kind of pull it off and he kind of, you can kind of see it in him that he's making fun of himself to a point a little bit, but like he is, he does bring that younger energy. And I, it just felt like, you know, you know, old man get off my lawn by Stoops to even say that to begin with. So I'll I take that out of South Carolina. I like that for Shane Beamer. I don't like the quarterback there. So I'm not really mm-hmm. rooting for South Carolina as much this year, but I do. Uh, I do like Shane. I, I like him.
0: I don't mind coaches dancing, whether they're young or old. I, I don't mind college football being fun. And so for Bob Stoops to be yeah, like, well, we're I've building a culture. A after, I'm like, all right, whatever. After
1: a game after a game in the locker room, kind of like Beamer did a couple times, like uh, Frank did mm-hmm. like in a moment, I really, I'm not going to have an issue with that. The, you know, the Shane Beamer video was like a, a planned video thing. Like he was
0: okay. on a show,
1: but like, I, I'm not telling you I have a problem with it. He does. And so I like that. He put it right back in his face after he beat him.
0: So Shane I, I Beamer does it. have a bit of a swagger to him, right?
1: That's touch, Yeah.
0: He does have a bit of a swagger. I don't mind that. Um, I don't, ears, that's ears fine. I think South okay. Carolina is maybe the ceiling for a Shane Beamer, which is, not saying he's not a good coach, then, but um, that's fine. He's he's having some success at South Carolina, which is good. I think this was a win that kind of gets some heat that was maybe building on his seat off of him for a little bit. Uh,
1: if Tennessee's doing what they're doing, why can't why can't South Carolina have a season like that at some point? Uh they recruit there. They've recruited before Beamer got there. They're recruiting still. That's in the a- SEC, SEC East. Why can't? what Tennessee's doing right now? Why Why couldn't South Carolina? Because be Tennessee
0: and Georgia are in the SEC East, and so is Florida. I don't know.
1: But Georgia, all those teams are there now, and Tennessee's doing what they're doing. And Tennessee has been terrible for a while. Why, why we just write off South Carolina as even being possible to do what Tennessee is doing right now, being 6-0? and
0: Mm-hmm. I do. Okay. Okay. Um. So another game that leaped out to me, would have been Utah-UCLA. This was a game where I had kind of thought maybe Utah just went to the swamp, had a rough night. The Gators were playing better at that point in the season. And it was prime time, first game of the year. And Utah had kind of rebounded and played pretty well since.
1: It was a tight game,
0: yeah. UCLA was... It, it, the game ends up close, looking at the score. But UCLA was in control of that game from the start and didn't really let off. And so this, this, the other part of this that was interesting to me was I think UCLA is legit. I think chip Kelly knows what he's doing there. He's quickly rebuilt UCLA. I think this is that UCLA USC game is going to be a matchup that is going to determine the PAC 12 champion in my opinion. Um, Cause I don't think Oregon's going to factor in that, but man, those are two good teams right now in USC and UCLA. It looks like, and the way that Utah lost this game to UCLA kind of puts a little bit of a damper on Utah season. Hopefully a student doesn't break into the nuclear power plant on campus and blow it up. Um, Cause that would be bad yes. for Utah, but, Hopefully. <laughs> which is if, if you're not familiar before they played San Diego state, there was a student who had made an anonymous threat. I'm sure not serious, but that if they lost to San Diego state, they were going to blow up the nuclear power plant on campus. Um, luckily they didn't lose that game. I don't know of a threat that was made before the UCLA game, but um, what's your next one that you want to talk about? Are you good?
1: I, I guess I'm jumping to Florida state NC state. Yeah. Uh, just Cause I had money on it and uh, it was a tight one. You know, I probably for the sake of being right on this podcast about Florida State, probably needed them to win that one, but they were in that ballgame. Uh, but, yeah, they didn't win it, and so they're not really going to factor in the top couple there on that side of the ACC. But they pushed NC State. They're going to have a chance to push Clemson this week. I, you know, if Clemson is, you know, not dominating everybody, like as we said already. So uh,
0: I do think that's going to uh, be a close game, though.
1: Like... NC State wins it.
0: NC State wins it. I think Florida State-Clemson will be a close game. I think Clemson will probably win, but I think it's going to be a close game. And then Clemson will play whoever comes out of the Coastal and beat the ever-loving hell out of them. Like I do think between Wake Forest, NC State, and Florida State, that team should rematch Clemson instead of whoever wins the Coastal playing. Yeah,
1: and that's what they're doing –
0: you next know, it won't
1: be. They won't even split up to begin with, coastal and everything. But it yeah, will take. It'll start the top next year doing two that. ranked teams. Yeah, after after this year. But yeah, that's what I got out of that last.
0: Okay. Um,
1: up, we got Wednesday football this week that we actually care about. Lou, uh, Louisiana and Marshall. If you're a Sun Belt uh, fan, if you're a JMU fan, if you enjoyed our JMU conversation, you look into that game because uh Marshall you'll have here in a few weeks. Louisiana, you don't, but that's a big time team in the conference traditionally not their best year this mm-hmm. year. And then, you know, I, I watched that Tech-West Virginia game a couple weeks ago and kept listening to the announcers tell me how West Virginia was going to beat Texas and Baylor. Well, they didn't quite beat Texas, and uh, now they're going to play Baylor and lose to them on Thursday. So uh, I just need to, you know, complete the, complete the viewing there. But the other big games to watch for this week, lots, of, a couple undefeated ones. Undefeated Penn State, number 10, at number five, Michigan, undefeated noon on Fox. That's a big one. Number three, Alabama undefeated against Tennessee undefeated 330 CBS, Oklahoma State undefeated at TCU undefeated at 330 on ABC. So those are the fun undefeated matchups where half of those teams are going to then have a loss. Um, so which one of those, if you had one TV to watch a game on Saturday and you weren't committed elsewhere, which one of those would be on your one TV?
0: I will be elsewhere, but there will be TVs, um,
1: but I'm I'm asking a theoretical. Which,
0: Bama, which Tennessee. one of those? If if we what? lived in old school times where you lived with one TV, right, in your room, and you could only watch one game at a time, Bama Tennessee. Yeah,
1: me too. I'm super pumped about that game. That that's my answer too. I'll also uh, say
0: this. Um, again, not endorsing everyone get into gambling, but if you have entertainment in that and can do it responsibly, Tennessee is getting seven and a half points, which is ridiculous in my opinion. I,
1: going to get on there immediately and do that. We're going to pause the recording so I can do that. Uh, those other games are good though. Like I'm glad we don't live in the 19, I guess 90s. 90s. Yeah. <laughs> Let's live it to the one TV. So I will have all three TVs on uh, maybe a fourth one slid out. Um, and I'll have all three of those undefeated games on the whole time while I have tech on for other reasons. And I have jam on for good reasons. Um, also, the NC State-Syracuse game at 3.30. Syracuse is surprising this year that they're still sitting around there. Um, so, uh, we'll see what happens there in the Carrier Dome or whatever they call it now. I guess it's not the Carrier Dome, actually. I think it is, uh, isn't
0: it?
1: It's not the Carrier Dome, actually. It's not. I, I remembered it as I was saying it. Um, but NC State plays up there. I would say NC State's favored, but up there things happen. The other interesting games... Uh, Clemson at Florida state where we talked about USC at Utah. So another um, blow up the nuclear power plant game
0: there. They changed the name of it. it's still the carrier dome building, but it's the JMA wireless dome, which is lame. That almost makes me want Syracuse to lose just because of that. <laughs> um,
1: I, I'd rather right. NC state win just so they stay in the mix.
0: <laughs> um, okay. Going back to the games though. <laughs> uh Penn State Michigan I don't know
1: like did I just come up there to make up the fact that they changed the name like that there, there was a name change well I didn't remember
0: them being in a different building so I thought you I'm were saying like they building. weren't in the carrier dome the anymore
1: building. they changed the name
0: yeah that's dumb it's still Steelers
1: dumb. still play at a place that used to be called Heinz Field
0: whatever um but that's a pro team <laughs> it's different college teams don't need to be doing naming rights for their stadiums in my opinion
1: seriously the, only the players should get to have money for their name image and likeness not the stadiums
0: i agree um <laughs> so penn state michigan i will say this i hope it's a good game my fear is that penn state is kind of a fake five and oh Um Who did
1: they played they played auburn they're not super
0: they're not good my fear is that penn state is not that good um is <laughs> <laughs> michigan I think Michigan is pretty good.
1: Penn State has beat Ohio, so I mean that we don't need any more resume than that. They beat Ohio.
0: Yeah, that was a disappointing. Oh. That was a disappointing <laughs> game to not get the cover. Um, All
1: for Central Michigan and Northwestern. Hmm.
0: Okay,
1: I think that's only four games, and this says they're
0: five now. So I'm not
1: sure how I'm missing,
0: but probably somebody worse. That, so my point is, I'm Purdue. Not sure Purdue.
1: That was that opener.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm not sure they're good um is my point
1: yeah Yeah, this is an opportunity to tell us if they are or not
0: yeah and it's at Michigan which doesn't give me hope for Penn State um Alabama Tennessee I think is going to be a great game it's in Neyland Stadium it's game day for the second time in three weeks I think in Tennessee um or four weeks because they might have had a bye week in there somewhere but I
1: think it's only three weeks I think it's quick okay
0: um that's not the important part the important part is that it's the second time in three games for Tennessee that they have Alabama and now game day. Uh, and they're, this is a huge rivalry matchup. They haven't had a lot of success in this rivalry recently, obviously. But with Hooker, and this is kind of the game, if Tennessee wins this game, I will say this right now. If Tennessee beats Alabama, there should be two SEC playoff teams. One of them should not be Alabama. In my mind, it's Georgia-Tennessee. I think both of those teams are playoff-worthy. I don't think Alabama is playoff worthy. I watched Alabama scrape by a terrible Texas team. I watched Alabama scrape by Texas A&M, who I don't have respect for. I don't think this team is worthy of a playoff spot if they lose to Tennessee. So for me, this is kind of a put-up game for Alabama. If Tennessee wins this game, I think they are going to be in the playoff. They should be in the playoff, uh, no matter what happens when they play Georgia. And... I'm rooting for it for Hendon Hooker for Tennessee. I'll be singing Rocky Top all day Saturday. Hopefully, as they beat Alabama, um, man, that's going to be a phenomenal game. Can't wait. But Oklahoma State yeah. TCU. Part of me saying that I thought that TCU Kansas game could be the Big Twelve championship. Kind of that part of that d- depends on how this game goes, right? Oklahoma State's also undefeated. Um, they've <laughs> they've had some scares.
1: <laughs> this flies of the face of that. Actually, it doesn't depend on what happens here it flies in the face of
0: that <laughs> only if Oklahoma state wins, if if Oklahoma state loses, it helps me. Um, but I think because the, what I mean with that Leland is not only does that game determine who gets home field advantage in that big 12 championship, but I they think it could be a rematch too. Yeah. It would be a rematch of TCU, Kansas, I think could happen. Now, if TCU goes out and loses to Oklahoma state, that might get in the way of that. But um, I think Oklahoma State is good. They've had a couple scares, but they've survived those scares. You know, you don't know about TCU, but they sure looked good against Kansas. And I- I've their quarterback is excellent and dug in Duggan. So I think or Dugan, however you say his name, but I think TCU is going to have a very good game because yeah. it's at Fort Worth. I like TCU in this one. I think Florida State, like State. Hmm. That's fine. Do you can take can Oklahoma? State State. State. Are you
1: taking Bama? No, I'm taking Tennessee.
0: Okay. Are you taking Michigan or like, Penn and State? I'm taking like
1: money line. I'm taking money Tennessee.
0: I don't know if I feel that bold. <laughs> I don't know if I feel that bold. I might. It depends on what time we get to the bar. We're gonna watch the game at before to see if I feel bold. <laughs> what enough city to do are you
1: gonna that.
0: be in? We're gonna be in Ashburn. Cool. Yeah going to meet some friends up there and we're doing a baseball thing. I'll talk about that in the D block. Um, but
1: where is Max Dugan from? Is, is
0: Who cares? Um, he's at TCU I don't now, know he
1: played before
0: him. but um, Michigan or Penn state,
1: Michigan or Penn state. I will take Michigan.
0: Yeah. Okay. So we we're the be. same on two of the three Clemson, Florida state. I, I think Florida state will keep it close, but I do think Clemson, finds a way to win because I don't know, like Tom Brady, Clemson is the devil and they'll find a way come hook or crook to pull one out and beat Florida state.
1: dugan has been there all four years. So I don't know what I'm thinking. Uh, I will take, you said Florida state and Clemson. I Clemson.
0: Yeah. But this, you USC, Utah. I know I just said, I think Utah just played themselves out of the PAC 12 championship by losing to UCLA. A way to get back in. It would be to find a, a win at home against USC.
1: Top 10 win. Yep.
0: USC has not looked, uh, their game against Oregon State, they looked human. That I believe that was on the road at Oregon State. This is at Utah. So this is another chance for the Utes to kind of rebound after a disappointing loss, get a big win. I'm not saying it's impossible. I just, I don't know. I, I do think the quarterback play at USC is really good. Their offense has been pretty good this year. I do think they probably beat Utah as much as I would love to see Utah win.
1: I got USC. I want to go back and hit Michigan real quick. Mike Hart got taken off on a stretcher. He's a former running back for Michigan. That was a really scary part of that game. We saw something going on. It was on one of the other TVs. We had to kept up to that. So really scary there. Um, He is out of the hospital and back and looking to come back to the team like in the next day or two. So just update on that. I, I feel a lot of times we see these big, bad injuries happen to people and then we don't hear much. And probably some of that's just like privacy of the person and that's fine. But since we did have an update here, I wanted to share that if anybody was catching that on the noon game last week. Okay. Okay. NFL. My Steelers are terrible, though we knew they were going to be terrible this week. Like, that's kind of what's getting my nerves this week about the coverage of it, is that, like, they had the biggest line in forever. And you were telling me last week, like, tell me another time there was a line this big. And I, I couldn't. We knew they were going to get their butts beat in this game, and they did. They, they met expectations with that. They exceeded
0: one. expectations in that.
1: <laughs> so, like, I just, to a degree, I'm just like, let's let's move on and see what we got. I, I don't feel like anything that was exposed this week hasn't been exposed previous week. I guess that's what's irritating me. Is like, what did we learn that is bad about the Steelers this week that we haven't already seen? We've already seen them week all over the field. Like, I, I don't know. I guess I'm just not as, like, Awestruck with how bad they are right now because I feel like I felt this the last couple of weeks.
0: A concussed Tua is better than your quarterback. That would be a reason to be concerned. Um, I don't know, Leland. I, I I will say it was a huge spread. I didn't take any action on that because of how big it was, and then Buffalo put that spread up in the first quarter. So I I said to you at one point, not. And I said it not trying to be rude, meaning like, don't take this as me insulting you or your team. But why the hell are Jim Nance and Tony Romo there? That was bizarre to send your a crew to that game was bizarre because of that huge spread, because of all the reasons you're saying. I agree. I think we knew well, this game.
1: Patriots Jets games in the past. Like, yeah, they do that.
0: Yeah, but I I don't think the A crew should be there is my point. I don't think – there's going to be plenty of other opportunities to have your A crew cover the Bills this year. You don't have to do it in a bloodbath that was going to be a bloodbath from the word go.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I I Just me personally, I I didn't feel like I learned something worse about the team this week. I think they got their butts beat like I knew they would.
0: The Ravens got a big win in the AFC North, and I actually watched this game with our friend John Leonard – um and when the bengal's did the quarterback sneak to score with like 158 left i had told him i actually don't mind that because it put the bengal's up one we had the ball with a minute 58 and i told him i was like the name of the game is not necessarily to score a touchdown the name of the game is get points and get a field goal and run the clock out. And when we got into field goal range, I was like, Lamar's running up to the line, and I was like, someone tell Lamar the situation. Like, slow down. Do not no-huddle this. And then Lamar finally realized, like, like, oh, yeah, we're in field goal range. I don't have to hurry up anymore. And we just ran the ball, got the ball to the hash that we wanted it, and went down. Actually ended up in the middle and got down and ran the clock out. And John is, you know... <laughs> I Part of me was, like, laughing, because I was like, oh... He's so innocent. Um when he's like, "I don't know, man, like settling for a field goal, I don't, I don't know." And I was like, "John, I feel more confident in winning Justin Tucker making this field goal as time expires than I do scoring a touchdown with 20 seconds left and seeing what happens." And he goes, "Oh, that's just hyperbole." And I was like, mm, "Only a little bit." I
1: No, it's Tucker. It's Tucker.
0: Well, and then he saw the stat that Tucker has made 23 of 24 game tying slash game winning field goals in the fourth quarter in overtime. Um, and then saw him kick it, and it was right down the middle. And he said, I think that was literally right well, they, down they the middle. You
1: have the stat on that.
0: And yes, I, sent it, I think I sent it to you. I did send it to John later that if the goal post was half a yard wide, it still would have been good.
1: Yeah crazy
0: that's how good he is and we have the best kicker in the history of the nfl in my opinion i love it i love it every it time he comes in the now? game I think
1: that, isn't that it though like it's not just your opinion on that
0: no i don't think it's just my opinion yeah. i i do think that's a fact at this point but i yeah. there's people that will argue and say wow well, what about venateri or what about so and so but I, I think justin tucker's better than them i think name any kicker justin tucker's better than them and I love being in a situation where if all we need is a field goal to win, I know all we have to do is get it to about the 40-yard line, and we got a shot. And if we get it inside the 35-yard line, it's a guarantee.
1: What about uh, the end of that Tampa Bay game?
0: I think there is one. I know Jerome Boger has been an official for a very long time in the league but I do think there has to be discipline. I I don't understand how you can say that call can go and there can't be discipline. I know you're trying to protect the players, but if if you want to protect the players and you're saying, you know what? The official just aired on the side of caution. That's fine. Then maybe it needs to be like college targeting rule where you review it. And there was no roughing the passer there. And for Jerome Bogard after the game to be like, well, the reason I threw the flag was because he unnecessarily threw him to the ground. He has the ball. It's actually very necessary for him to be thrown to the ground. It's incredibly necessary for the Falcons to get a stop there. That's called a tackle. And there was he grabbed him at the hip. He kind of rolled him on top of his own body before putting him on the ground. His <laughs> head didn't touch Saturday the ground. Night
1: live. There's that Saturday night live. It's like you take your shoulder and you drive it into their chest. And then you put your head behind hand behind their head and gently lay them to the floor. Like there's that's a pretty good skit for that that situation right but,
0: there. And my problem with that is, like, we saw Tua in two games before that have his head bounce off the turf. There were no flags. We saw... We saw Teddy Bridgewater first play of the game, head bounce off the turf. No flags. I, Leland, I don't think there was a single quarterback in the NFL that didn't have a hit harder than that one where we didn't have a flag.
1: Yeah, it's football. I mean, that, I mean, that is...
0: And it honestly, if, and maybe that's the NFL's answer to, like. and I know last week we were saying it's a very, it's incredibly dangerous game. I don't know how safe it is to be playing it, blah, blah, blah. But if the NFL wants to defend that call, then I think at a certain point, you either have to get rid of the quarterback run and just say, you've got a certain amount of time for the quarterback to throw it, or it's a sack, or you have to say, they're going to have flags and, you can't hit the quarterback anymore because that cost the Atlanta Falcons the game. Yeah. It absolutely cost the Falcons the game. Their offense was finally clicking in the fourth quarter and they had all the momentum and they were going to have good field position. And then Tampa Bay goes down the field and runs is able to run the clock. I will say this. Tom Brady has not been that good this year. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have won a lot of games that I think either the other team is just awful or they've gotten some help. The Saints game, I thought they got some help. A guy got ejected, and somehow the Buccaneers guys didn't get ejected for being in the same fight. And I was like, that's kind of weird. Um, I, I don't know what's going on. It's it's why, and I don't want to get into the whole personal part of what's going on off the field with Tom Brady, but it's why I almost don't feel sorry for him, even in that terrible circumstance, because I'm like, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, You signed your soul to the devil somewhere in your career. Because you get every single call. You get every single break. And so for, I don't know, I, I it's just hard to feel bad for the guy in any aspect of his life because of that.
1: I think it was like Will Bond today on Kornheiser's podcast was like, you know, blaming the official. And I'm not going to blame Brady. I mean, he's not the one that throws a flag. And I think Brady even on Monday night had a comment about, you know, I don't throw flags. I throw laptops. But, like, I am going to blame him. Like, he plays into this. It's his he, fault Well, he gets his t-
0: Because he complains <laughs> every single play up to that one. And then when he finally gets the flag, he's like, oh, okay. And then just, like, walks off the field. Yeah.
1: It's like Coach K arguing in the first little bit of the game so he gets the call at the end of the game.
0: Yeah, it is it is frustrating, and it's I it's why I could never root for Tom Brady. I don't care who he's playing. I, I just... Well, maybe the Steelers now that he's on the Buccaneers. Maybe if he played the Steelers, I don't know. But that would be a Bane Super Bowl for me. So <laughs> Um, I think
1: Nance I think Nance and uh Tony Romo is gonna be at the Bills game this week too. I think they'll be with him again this week.
0: So two straight weeks, yeah. Then they, they really—it was super necessary for them to be at the Bills Steelers. Then who are the Bills playing this week? The Jets, the, chief, the Chiefs. <laughs> okay, well, see, but that's my point. then. <laughs> that's that only the best game yet. <laughs> that only further enforces my point that they didn't have to do that one this week.
1: Yeah, I was like, I just like I was like, I think they play the Chiefs this year. When is that? And it's like, oh crap, that's this week. That was the whistle I just did at the beginning of this segment. And I was like, yeah, that's a that's a monster. So look out for that this week bills chiefs Whew, that's a good one all right let's keep this moving to baseball and we got playoffs and my graphics not working um but we do have some solid matchups let's talk about what did happen three of them were sweeps we got the toronto blue jays swept out by the mariners which i really enjoyed including Mm -hmm. a big comeback on saturday by the mariners correct we had um tampa bay get swept out yep by the guardians mm-hmm. that what they score like a run in the two games
0: i absolutely all of them were unders um it was an incredibly <laughs> low scoring game
1: <laughs> that's how joe analyzes what happened this weekend <laughs> they were all unders.
0: it was incredibly <laughs> low scoring series uh I was amazed at how few runs were scored. Honestly, like I think Cleveland might have the pitching to hang in the series with the Yankees. I just don't think they're going to have the offense to win that series. Like that's what would concern me. Their offense has been awful. I'm
1: depending on them. I, I, absolutely Oh, I am rooting.
0: Like no one has ever rooted. I'm rooting. Like it's Baltimore. Baltimore.
1: We need the Yankees. Yeah. I'm rooting. You know,
0: like it's Baltimore in this it. thing. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be pretty close. I mean, obviously it won't be as sweet as if it was Baltimore, but it'll be close. It's just about getting the Yankees. We've gotten the Rays and the Jays out. Now it's getting the Yankees out. Then it's all gravy.
1: We had the Philadelphia Phillies. You were going to hang out with John. You thought you'd be watching a Phillies game. You didn't have to because they won in two over St. Louis. Yeah, I, old guys out of there. Blow
0: it. I hate the Mets.
1: And then, yeah, the mm. Mets. Mets just couldn't do it. But that was the seven, That was the only one that went in seven games, two, three games they played Sunday night and lost to the Padres and everybody had fun with the Timmy trumpets and uh, playing taps or playing whatever sad mm-hmm. trumpet music that's out there. Um, but uh, yeah, the Mets really fell apart. I was kind of hoping they would rebound for the sake of Dan, uh, at least to make it to against the Dodgers, but that's not what happened. And it's not like, I mean, I was rooting for the Padres there for a time i I had given up on that and, Everybody talks about how unlikable the Padres are, and I, I see that. I think I acknowledge that even when I was rooting for them. So, like, I don't know. I definitely was rooting for the Betts on Sunday night.
0: And, look, I know I said on this podcast the first time we brought it up, like, I dig the Timmy Trumpets thing. I think it's great that the closer has a song. I think song. it's fun. It's It makes baseball fun. Baseball needs more of that. But when you're down four runs in the eighth inning and he's coming in and, like, the Padre fans are laughing and clapping with it, like, I think that does kind of send him as, like, maybe don't play it there yeah
1: it wasn't the best look at the moment but
0: read the room the last time read the it. room <laughs> you're going to be eliminated and yeah it might be the last time you see him at city field yes yeah
1: so we got we already talked about cleveland and yankees we got seattle and houston that's gonna be a tough one for seattle to win i'm still gonna be rooting for them sure um, maybe the seattle mariners get some trash cans and bat on them uh Braves Phillies that's a NL East uh division game here mm-hmm. and then you got Padres Dodgers so the NL is lined up with some division rivalries there. East
0: versus West yeah and the NLCS we just need to figure out who it's going to be it's not going to be the Padres spoiler alert yeah
1: <sighs> out of those four on that side I'm probably on the Braves wagon
0: yeah like I'm I
1: mean hope on the hope
0: I not am the, investing well, all my emotional chips against the Yankees, so I don't even care what happens in any of these. As long as the Yankees the don't win the World Series, that's all that matters. That's I all I care about.
1: Guardians this year. I, I realized that this weekend. I just have not watched much Guardians baseball because I, I haven't adjusted to the change there.
0: Well, it'll be hard. It won't... I almost said it'll be hard to watch them because those series against the Rays were like noon games in the middle of the day. Um, instead, that's going to be the Braves Phillies and Mariners Astros. I think in large part due to the fact that the other series is a West coast series and it's the Dodgers. And then the Yankees are going to be at night because of the Yankees. So yeah. And
1: they got this on the call.
0: Great. That's going to make it even more. insufferable. That's going to make it even more insufferable if the Yankees win.
1: (laughs) I don't, I, there's nothing. It's it's all bad if the Yankees win. I, it's, oh, it's not even that I them.
0: hate Bob Costas; it's that I just know what he's going to do. Yeah, he does love them. They'll be like, wow, well, the history of the Yankees and they haven't won a World Series in you know X number of years. And what a what a underdog, plucky underdog. And like if the Yankees ever, for the, like the fate of humanity, have to win a World Series, I will root against humanity. I will not root for the New York Yankees. Ever, in any scenario,
1: Saturday the Yankees are going to have to play in some daylight because uh Seattle and Seattle are both hosting games on on Saturday. So,
0: do you know that for a fact? You can't. Yes, you can. Yeah. It's the Yankees, Leland. You are so wrong on the you can't. It's the New York Yankees. You think Major League Baseball, I like the
1: Dodgers, Padres, is a bad thing to have?
0: You think Major Night. League Baseball cares? what time they make the Mariners play put them at four I guess let's I see
1: a, there's no times yet I mean there's just not, there's no times the only three yeah
0: Saturday no is time. TBD they're yeah. gonna make them play in the afternoon they're not gonna make the Yankees play during the afternoon the Yankees will be prime going on time viewing Ugh. <sighs> You're gonna if you want to watch the Mariners, you're gonna have to gonna you're gonna have to choose them over Tennessee and Alabama.
1: No, I'm I'm, I'm not gonna do that.
0: I won't either. No the
1: Mar- the Mariners won't. It'll be at least four o'clock until the Mariners play. It won't be no. The Mariners won't play earlier than four o'clock on Saturday.
0: I wouldn't bet on that.
1: I'll bet you a bag of chips the next time you come to my house that the seattle long mariners john's bet prior to four long zero long
0: john's right?
1: bet for eastern wait for eastern for the mariners they don't pitch a baseball in three the three 30
0: 37 start time okay bet long john's if i win
1: I'll just take a bag of chips because I don't want lunch.ons <laughs>
0: I love it. All right, let's get oh, into the D block.
1: Uh, the Frank Beamer documentary legends on ACC network was awesome. I recommend everybody that has any interest in Virginia tech football to watch it. And if you don't have interest in Virginia tech football, I mean, I think it's good and it shows like it shows him as a dude. It shows him as a man and where he came from. And I think it's really interesting for a coaching legend. Like I would watch the equivalent program on a Bobby Bowden or other people that I didn't necessarily like. So I do recommend it. It's a half an hour, but it was really good. One of the better things I watched on TV lately.
0: Yeah. Okay. I'll have to try to catch it when it comes back. Um, I will. F-
1: oh, it's probably on uh, ESPN plus. I'm
0: sure it is too. As soon as I said uh, that, I was like, I bet it's on demand. Um, I'll have to try to find it.
1: I have it recorded and kept on my D V R. So wow. if somebody come over, if you haven't watched it, it will be
0: there. Well, I mean I usually when I come over there's a major sporting event that we're planning on
1: we'll squeeze in a half an hour to watch this glorious piece <laughs> of television. I don't know about that. Um it's right it's on my D V R right next to where mm-hmm. Kendall Casto jumped over a guy at East Rock, right? Saved together, right right next to each
0: other. Okay. <laughs> um <laughs> What's dominating or what will be dominating my life is I mentioned we're, I'm going to be in Ashburn on Saturday, going to this place called Ballpark Loudoun. Um It's going to yeah. be, it's like a top golf. Well, the way it was explained to me was it's a top golf, but for baseball. Um, I've looked it up online. I know there's a restaurant slash bar, which is how we're going to get there before our reservation time. Watch the Bama, Tennessee game. Um, because my brother's significant other is a Tennessee fan. And uh, then we will do the baseball thing. Um, I'm excited about it. I'll have a recap next week on the podcast, but I'm looking forward to, it. I think it's gonna be a lot of fun. Um, it's, it's an interactive batting cage. So I would imagine like top golf, there's going to be things where it's like, what park do you want to be at? And then based on what you hit, Oh, I am going to go to Yankee stadium. I'll hit so many oppo boppos (laughs) at Yankee stadium, please. I'm going to hit 62 in 60 minutes. I'm going to be like Aaron judge is kind of not very good at baseball. Um, and I'll do it without steroids, but, um, no, I'm just kidding.
1: (laughs) How many times are you going to say it and then say just kidding? Yeah,
0: it's okay. If I say just kidding, it's not real. Um,
1: Leonard gave you some crap about that. He did good.
0: He did. He said he also said he doesn't understand why we're saying Albert Pujols maybe up to something, but.
1: Because I listened to Tim. Uh, <laughs> Tim
0: Kirchner say there's no explaining it.
1: Tim Kirchner Tim kind of alluded to it. And I, that's enough for me.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, the
1: nicest old.
0: Tim Kirchner kind of is the nicest person to ever cover sports. I do think He's that's so a fact.
1: Cool. So light about everything.
0: <laughs> I love Tim Kirkchen. That's the thing. And you know what? I can't imagine Tim Kirkchen taking a Buster Olney kind of angle. So that's why I like Tim Kirchchen. I like Tim Kirchchen. He's a great old man. I wish him nothing but the best in the rest of his career, however long it is. I hope it's forever. Um, And I hope Buster Olney gets fired tomorrow. But yeah.
1: Any of the guys that used to be on those like 30 second cut-ins on SportsCenter in the 90s, like the Diamond Notes like, and he was, like, Peter Gaiman's, and then, like, mm-hmm. it was some of him towards the end of that. And then uh, some guys we've lost, like, uh, uh, John Clayton in the NFL. Like, any of those ones that came in those little little segments, those were the best guys, because, like, they just gave you what you wanted quick, and you didn't have to put up with all the bull crap.
0: Sure. Sure. What do you have?
1: I just told you about Frank Beamer, and then you I, told me about what?
0: I oh, told the, you about Paul well, Brown. The other
1: thing that was interesting, though, is this tournament fishing cheating scheme. In Ohio, and these guys had won a lot of money, and there's been rumors swirling around these guys cheating. If you haven't seen it, look it up.
0: You should I mean, watch the video.
1: It's, it's, out, there. it's <laughs> out there. Oh yeah, video
0: <laughs> of them. Sound on. Sound on. <laughs>
1: shoving lead weights down into the fish so they're in like the stomach of the fish after they catch them, and so these guys, like I don't, they just cheated. Like they had to just get to a point where they cheated too much. Like they got they got greedy. Because they probably been doing it and getting away with it. And it just wasn't like, you know, are we really, are we really going to go buck Show Walter out here and accuse these guys of cheating when it maybe, maybe not? And then it just got too obvious. Where they made a three pound fish a five pound fish. And I will, I, I am married into a family of fishermen. Got they know they can look at a fish and they're like, that's two and a half pounds. That's three. That you know, like within a half pound, they they're there. Within a pound, definitely. These guys that catch fish all the time know that. So they're at this tournament, and someone's finally just called them out, and they're like, there's no way that's a five-pound fish." And so after they weighed it, and it, you know they're going to win the thing, they cut open the fish and outpour these weights. Well, each one of the fish. Just
0: it was weights, and they were also crazy. stuffing like just
1: absolutely Weren't
0: bad. they also stuffing fish fillet, like fillets of other fish, in the fish? To? Yeah,
1: I heard that. I didn't see that in what I watched. I just watched the lead weights. Uh, that's what I recommend. Well, because in the background,
0: out, when you're watching the video, in the background, there's a guy screaming, "That's a filet. <laughs> like, and, and it's like there's, it another crazy. there's another one. So, there's another one. And then there's another I guy see. shouting in the background for them to be arrested. Like, it's amazing. It was great. It's great no, television. No, it's
1: odd. They are going to get charged. They are <laughs> going to be uh, potentially go to jail for this because they cheated in a competition. <laughs> <and
0: they're> like, <laughs> Could you imagine Tom Brady going to jail for gate?
1: <laughs> well, they're doing it here. That, that's what I heard. I, I, I listened to, uh, it was, which show? It was Dan Patrick's show a week ago, and they had a lawyer on, or, or not a lawyer they had a a reporter on that had talked with lawyers and he like specifically was talking about the legal ramifications for these guys so yeah i mean it's it's crazy look it up you need to see it because it's just something you've never seen before and uh i thought it was interesting and like i said i'm married into a family of fishermen my brother-in-law is heck of a fisherman and uh i just can't imagine this happening like when i heard about it i was like how and then there was man
0: fishing and chess cheating scandals
1: yeah uh, I don't want to talk about the chest. <laughs> We've, we're shoving weights down fish. We don't need to talk about what's happening in the chest. say <laughs> <laughs> it <laughs> <state> was similar.
0: <laughs> to be fair, they did not say that approach. that's how he was doing it, but they yes, they were
1: afraid that's how they were doing it.
0: There was an accusation. Angle. That was one of the ways he was doing it, but yes, um, <laughs> gosh it did not have to do with (sighs) weights um but
1: how was rexum did you watch rexum no i've been too busy i've
0: I've told everybody
1: to watch rexum i know i know i know i didn't
0: nope i'm gonna give him an extra week um i didn't have time I'll... i'll
1: be out by next week by next week we're talking about the rest of the season
0: good see then i did it right Give everyone a chance to finish up season one before next week so we can talk about it because honestly, I'm so behind on all my shows. I'm behind on uh, house of the dragon. I'm behind You've on been rings of power. The
1: games lately too. That's what drives me crazy. Uh,
0: but the football was so good this weekend. I Leland. I couldn't help it. I couldn't help it. It just,
1: I, what I had you over last weekend. I, that was a mistake. You should have been at home watching, watching shows.
0: I mean, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Although that weekend I did watch Wrexham. So uh there's but- good I like
1: these episodes, just like for anybody that did watch, you want to have a little back and forth. They're good episodes. Uh they present some real drama uh and some real life stuff, which I think is always cool to see in these uh in these documentary type of things and and one of the players in particular. Really, really sad situation and then kind of the positives uh that people are trying to you know recover from with not it doesn't fix anything or anything but just it, that's something to watch out for and uh you know we the last time we talked about this we talked about changes they were making as the for the team you get to see what that means you get to see like where that goes and i think you see like whether that was a good call or a bad call uh in the next three episodes so okay Watch those three. And then I think there's also another three coming out this Wednesday. So uh, everybody catch up next week. We'll break down the entire first season. There is a second season coming. Um, I don't know if you're against second seasons and reality shows here. I don't know, you know, if they didn't go into this with a plan. I think I've
0: stated why I was anti season two on Obi-Wan. And I think I think time (laughs) will be on my side on that. I think that one's going to age well. I think Obi Wan's <laughs> gonna be bad season two. I didn't think season one was great. I think season two is gonna be terrible. Um,
1: Are you watching any of uh, Andor?
0: No, that's another one I'm behind on. I just need to watch. Um,
1: it moves slow, but I'm liking it. It's that's not, good. It's, I, I like Mandalorian better, but
0: but yeah, I need to. I need to watch uh, the latest Rings of Power. I need to watch. House of the Dragon, um, but yeah, the football was just so good. I mean, it was a great week for investments. It was a great weekend for investments. Big oh, money, I was
1: terrible, and then big,
0: I was big bleen on Saturday and Sunday, riding okay. high. I figured out the strategy now that I'm going to incorporate the rest of the way. It's a I got my money back strategy. on Saturday,
1: but it was it was a grind.
0: Oh, it was so. Good. I really
1: my betting. I had a lot of grit in my betting this week.
0: That's good. Show some grit. That's what you need in life is just to show a bunch of grit. Um, He's yeah. unemployed, by the way. Like, nobody wanted him. Yeah. I don't – I mean, he'll get forever, a job but eventually, but Nebraska needs a coach.
1: We're still um, paying him. <laughs> still, what do you mean? He's a paid, unemployed I mean, his profession is unemployed football coach because he's getting paid.
0: Yeah. Hockey starts. Uh, that's what I want to talk about. Hockey starts this week. Regular season starts. I'm excited about that as well. Get ready for some great hockey, uh, lightning Rangers. And I believe it's the Vegas golden Knights and the LA Kings open up on ESPN to, uh, uh actually by the time you hear this Tuesday night. Um, so that will be fantastic. No, you're going to talk to me throughout the whole season about it. Also, I want to touch on, um, just to give you your soccer talk, we haven't done that in a long time. Oh, God. Outside of Wrexham, but Manchester City. They're going to City...
1: be on ESPN2 Saturday. Like, Saturday morning at 8 o'clock, they're going to have Wrexham on ESPN2.
0: Oh, gosh, i got to catch up. Um, if
1: that isn't Brandy, if that isn't a- if that isn't Disney taking care of its own.
0: Well, but it's not its own. It's on question.
1: FX. FX is owned by Disney.
0: Is it? I just yeah. assumed FX was owned by Fox.
1: Hmm.
0: Fox, learn something new disney, every day disney
1: disney bought fox i don't what disney bought 21st century fox oh, three, years, three years ago
0: i don't know this how do you terrible. think
1: all those fox things are on disney plus well,
0: i'm glad we have like monopoly
1: alone well. and uh ice age and
0: uh i just didn't pay attention to it
1: christmas uh the one at macy's uh
0: <laughs> i'm glad we have Santa monopoly fox. laws so we cannot enforce them i guess um but my point
1: disney owned that
0: that shut up it doesn't matter my point is that manchester (laughs) city
1: doesn't matter i'm talking
0: (laughs) yeah uh, my point is manchester city has a player named halad uh and erling halad and he is okay leland if i say Messi, ronaldo you know who those people are yes okay this is a guy you need to know and the guy for Manchester City because Holland is, I think, better than them right now. He is 22. He is a Norwegian who has been playing in the Bundesliga and lit up the Bundesliga at Borussia Dortmund. He came here, and all he has done is score goals. He is going to break the Premier League goals record this year. Barring an injury, it's happening. There was a game when he was at Norway in the under 20 World Cup where he scored nine goals. He has played nine matches so far this year, Leland. You want to guess how many goals he has? Nine. 15. Oh, oh,
1: oh, oh. that's Little League stuff there, man.
0: Ooh. He has more goals than I believe the stat I heard was he has more goals than 14 premier league teams this season. Wow. 14 teams. He is killing it. He is going to destroy the premier league record. He has country.
1: Will he play for uh, eventually in the world cup,
0: Norway. Now I don't know if Norway is in the world cup. I have to look at my world cup qualifier groups um, that I don't remember, but for me. I'm going to need to see him there. You should watch him at Manchester City. Manchester City is probably going to win the league. The only team that might catch them is Arsenal, who beat Liverpool this weekend. Um, Liverpool is in trouble. Right now, Arsenal is ahead of Manchester City in the table. Um, That's going to be a... Oh, man, I cannot wait for them to play. Arsenal and Manchester City. It's going to be a great match. But Liverpool is 10th in the table, which is not good. Again, they want to be in the top four. They're 10th. And they are six points off the pace right now. Um, and it does, it is starting to get worrying to the point where I'm not sure they're going to make it into the top four. So, but Erling Haaland, you need to be watching him because I think he's going to be the player of the year this year. I think when it's all said and done, because he's 22 and doing this now, um, I think he is going to be better than Ronaldo and Messi when his career is over mainly because the number of goals he has scored in all competitions up to this point is three times as many as Ronaldo, four times as many as Messi at this point in their careers. Hmm. That's
1: very early, though, too, but yeah, that's good. That's good.
0: He is going to be the best player in the world. I think he is the greatest. We're watching the greatest player of all time right now, and that's pretty special. I hate that he plays for Manchester City, but he is really good, and he is really fun to watch. I will say, if you watch a Manchester City game, you don't have to worry about it being nil-nil. I don't, I don't think this guy will allow it to be nil-nil. I think he will. you will definitely see him score. So the next time Manchester City plays, Leland, you should tune in because he will score goals. Uh, Manchester City's manager even made a joke like uh, that he was disappointed in his performance against Southampton, a match they won 4-0 because he only scored a goal. Um, and not multiple goals. Their next match is going to be in the UEFA Champions League. So, unless you have Paramount Plus, probably won't be able to watch it. Oh, I don't like when their next Premier League game is. It will be on TV. It's going to be against Liverpool, and they will. God, we're going to get killed.
1: Slightly different track. You're talking about a young prospect. I think is not as much of a prospect as he's here now. Uh, but this, I just heard today about this Victor Wimben
0: women Yeah, yeah i had Minyama. not heard
1: about him yet so i'm starting to i want to get excited about him i haven't been excited about like a young guy since like um oh shoot the one that's in new orleans now that went to duke the big guy that went to duke and blew out a shoe and now he plays for
0: the pelicans stop talking because it's you're i know who you're talking about um
1: that was the last time I got excited about uh, like a high school player. This guy's eighteen now, and he'll be in the draft next year. We're so really I, good I at like
0: NBA talk, by the way.
1: I want to be. I want to like him, so I'm, I'm. I'm gonna
0: jump in. I'm gonna get really mad. I'm gonna have to look at who it is. I'm getting really mad at myself for not. <sighs> oh my gosh! Just show me Pelicans players who are good. Zion zion williamson yeah god yeah i zion, knew was, i watched i knew it was before a he
1: was ever at duke and i was excited about him this is my next one I'm, I'm grabbing hold
0: uh i don't i think you should be excited about tyler nickel
1: i'm excited about him at college yeah it's gonna be good i i root for him him i want him to be successful
0: hmm I'm seeing your tweet here about our our bet. I'm saying if it's on if the TV time listed is three thirty seven p.m. I'm saying that counts. Um, uh, that's
1: I mean, that's not what I mean. I, that's what I'm trying to say. They have opening pitch.
0: We'll see. We'll see how I be, feel about they it. They
1: have a roof in Seattle. They're not going to have a rain delay. Like I, it's going to be it's going to be a one or later Pacific time first pitch.
0: We'll see. Um. But that will wrap it up for us on the Yak Sports Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Yak Sports Podcast. You can catch us on Podbean, Google Podcasts, or Spotify, or Apple Podcasts if you have an Apple device. Um, you can catch us there. Make sure you review it. Let us know what you think. Also, be sure to find us on social media. You can find us on Twitter at Yak Sports Pod. That's Y A C Sports Pod, or Facebook Y A C Sports Pod. Feel free to comment on any of the social media posts. Tell us, Let us know what you think of the episode. What do you think about the way the high school football season's unfolding? Who do you think is going to be standing there? Is it going to be Riverheads? Is someone going to upset Riverheads this year? Or who's going to be that second-best team in the Shenandoah District, in your opinion? Let us know those things. Also, volleyball. Tell us how far Fort's going to go. Tell us, what is Wilson going to be that second-place team? Is Riverheads going to keep on catching fire and stay hot in volleyball? Let us know what you think. Until then, folks, we hope you enjoyed this episode of the Yak Sports Podcast. Have a good week. You've been listening to Yak Sports, your Augusta County sports podcast.